It's Talking Twins and more with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast with myself, Nix, and joining me as always, my wonderful co-host from twinfo.com.au in some tropical paradise at the moment. Naomi, how are you going? Oh, Nikki, I cannot complain about anything. <laughs> Good. At all. <laughs> we are like polar opposites at the moment because I'm in New South Wales and I've been in lockdown and we are just coming out of it. We've Where I live, just outside Newcastle, we've been slow on the vaccine uptake, so we've been sort of hermit crabs. And you, however, have been on holiday after holiday. I love it. Well, I do feel a little bit guilty. No, um, don't. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> I've got to admit, I haven't posted photos of of our trip and everything really on Facebook and that. So it was really, I didn't want people to feel jealous. Like, I think I said to you last week when we were talking about your Northern Territory one, um, at least somebody's able to get out and support the regional tourism economy because the rest of us can't. So just lap it up. I I know. So, yes, so this week I am coming to you from Tropical Cairns. Um, it's not all joy and sunshine, though. Well, it is sunshine. It's 33 degrees and beautiful. But um, I was meant to be up here for the Australian Multiple Birth Association Conference, which um, I was one of the organisers of, and unfortunately was cancelled because obviously everyone couldn't get here. Um, but there's still quite a few of us that can get here that are still coming. So we're going to have our own impromptu gathering of multi-mums gone wild and there's a few multi-dads by the pool on Saturday for cocktails so that'll be fun oh lovely well that's enjoyable you have to report back to us on how it goes oh yes well, no, maybe, no, what happens at conference stays at conference. <laughs> well, maybe maybe I should have a single gathering with our next guest because she's down the road from Newcastle where I'm from, so maybe we can get together. <laughs> that sounds like quite the plan. <laughs> Christy Morrison is going to be joining us next. She is a twin mum and she is also a sleep consultant, something that I said I had no idea existed until um, I actually met you and Twinfo, and this is the kind of resources that you tap into, Naomi. It is because I didn't know about them either. So I'm looking forward to finding all about um, Christy from Snugbug Sleep coming up next. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au. It's Talking Twins and More, a multiple birth podcast. And as we said, Christy Morrison is joining us. Hello, Christy. How are you going? Good morning, Naomi. Good morning, Nikki. I'm well, thank you. How are you? Well, we're all a bit jealous of Naomi at the moment, aren't we? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I wish I'd have come in your suitcase. I know, I know, honestly. There wasn't much room in there because we had the snorkels and the swimmers and, you know... Stop it. <laughs> oh, look, one thing, the weather's at least turning down here. It's starting to get a little bit better, isn't it, Christy? Because you are from Newcastle and I just discovered um, you've got twins that are just about a year younger than mine. Yes, that's right. So uh, we've I've grown up in Newcastle all my life and uh, I love it here. It's beautiful. But, um, yeah, the weather certainly has been turning on, turning it on, getting ready for summer. Lovely. Christy, let's start off. We love to find out with all our multi-parents your journey and how your yeah your adventure to parenthood with twins came about. Okay. So my partner and I met later on in life on our second journey. So uh, 
we decided he had a couple of kids and um, I didn't have any. So we decided we would have a baby. So um, we fell pregnant pretty much straight away. And then at about <clears throat> uh, seven weeks, I had some some problems. So I went for an ultrasound and then um, the lady was asking me all these different questions. And then she said, um, there's two and I kind of looked in shock and my bladder was that full. And she said, oh, can you just go and empty your bladder and come back and, and you know, we'll see what's going on. I thought, oh, she's obviously made a mistake. So uh, I go, go back in there and she puts the, the thing on my tummy and then she says, yep, there's two two healthy heartbeats and, yeah, you're about seven weeks along. And I was just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> you on your own so, or with your partner with you there? No, he was going to come with me because initially we thought the worst and he got held up at a work meeting. And we'd had this saying that um, we had an investment property in Carrington and we had everyone was saying, oh, what if you have twins? What if you have twins? So we um, had this saying, oh, well, if we do end up having twins, we'll have to sell the investment property. So I went in, had the exam, and then I came out and I said, oh, I'm just waiting for the report, I'll give you a call when I get out, but the baby is okay. So I sent, I got out into the car and then I FaceTimed him and then he said, oh, how'd you go? You know, I've been really worried and what have you. And and um, I said, look, it's all good, but we're going to have to sell Carrington. And he went, oh, my God, there's two. <laughs> <laughs> that story. And he just went, no, no. <laughs> Oh, that's oh, I love hearing stories about how people, like if their partners aren't with them at the time, because often they're not, you know, in a perfect world they would be, but, you know, work happens, life happens. Um, and I love hearing how people tell their partner because <laughs> it's just so much fun. And, Chrissy, <laughs> you had the same situation as me, which is you going into an appointment because I had exactly the same situation and I was in the headspace where I was expecting them to turn around and say it was an ectopic pregnancy or something like that and then the shock comes. And it is just such a, and we've spoken about this recently on a podcast, it is just such a a, a whirlwind of a thing for your head to get around because you're preparing yourself yeah. for the worst and yet suddenly you're like, oh, there's not one, there's two. Like, whoa. <laughs> I know. I know. It was, uh, yeah, kind of like the head spinning and you're like, wow, what's going on here? <laughs> and how did you go with your pregnancy and then, you know, your delivery and everything with your twins? I had an absolutely perfect pregnancy. Honestly, I, I think it was the best I've ever felt in my life. Wow. <laughs> I was eating well. I, I, did, I was exercising, had no morning sickness or anything like it was great but I did end up developing preeclampsia so I was popped into hospital at um what was it 34 weeks and then I was in there I was allowed out for a, a night or two here or there and then I ended up um having a caesar at 36 plus one so wow they, they, the kids yeah particularly my daughter Piper had started stalling in growth and you know I was being monitored for the other symptoms of the preeclampsia so so yeah so we got to 36 weeks and they were they were pretty good weights and they only had a couple of nights in the special care nursery so it was good 
It's very good. You know, it's, it's refreshing to hear a, a positive pregnancy story because um, we, we don't often hear them because of the toll that twin pregnancies can take on the body. But, yeah, that's really great that you enjoyed it and you had a wonderful pregnancy experience. I did. And, do you know, I probably thought that because I was older, I may have had difficulties falling pregnant. So when I did find out that I was actually pregnant, I just embraced it and loved every part of it because mm. it was something that I didn't think was going to happen. Yeah. It's funny. Mine was a complete surprise pregnancy, complete surprise. And um, I struggled with that all the way through. And I look back on it now and I'm I'm sad because I had a really rough pregnancy. But then at the same time, I was still scrambling to get my head around it. My partner and I were, were just, we'd only just met. So it was a whole thing. And yeah, it, it took a lot of the shine away from it. So it's great that you were able to just go, this is happening. Let's get into it and enjoy it. I wish I'd been able to. Yeah. <laughs> oh that's a shame and then um walk us through um what was happening as they were getting a little bit older and with their sleep and everything because you're a qualified sleep consultant and you got into that um because of your journey with your with your twins yes that's right so um my kids are like chalk and cheese so I had a, a typical uh, textbook baby and sleeper that would self-settle and resettle. And then my little Piper was uh, very challenging and she wanted to be rocked or fed to sleep and she was a catnapper. And basically I became concerned that she wasn't getting the sleep that she needed. So she was waking up crying. She was cranky all the time. And being a twin parent in a blended family, it was unsustainable to, to do that. So I bought the programs, I bought plans online and um, tried to work it out in my own head. But there were so many different questions with having twins and different babies and different schedules and things like that. So I reached out to my own sleep consultant and then um, she had answers to every single question I asked. She had all the scenarios. And basically um, from there I became interested because there is an actual science to sleep and the way, you know, they, they're born and they're neurologically immature and then they develop as they get older and basically it fascinated me and I was just thinking, wow, I could help other parents that, I, and I must say I probably was a little bit naive going into pregnancy, you know, at a, a later age or my family, or my um, friends had kind of been there and done that so I, I couldn't for, go to them for advice and stuff like that. So, um yeah, basically I signed up for the course, um, did the course, did all the assignments and the, the research and the uh, volunteer clients and became a qualified sleep consultant. Wow, fantastic. That's so interesting. It been, yeah, it is. Like it's, I, I love how your journey has led you to a new, mm. you know, to opening your own business. and Which and, is similar to you, Naomi, with TwinFoot. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. You've it's both taken like, your um, experiences as being a twin mum and turned it into a new career pathway, which I find fascinating. Yeah, yeah definitely. Because, I mean, uh, we were just talking um, just before we started recording, like we had terrible sleepers as well. And um, I just didn't even know that there were things that, such as a sleep consultant that could come to my house or talk me through it on the phone mm. or something like that. And 
I'll be perfectly honest, I don't remember a lot of my kids' early age, and that's one thing I really regret because it was just pure lack of sleep. Mm. That sleep deprivation is an absolute killer. Um, there is no other words. I mean, it was, I shouldn't have even been driving when I look back on it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I really, really wished my only, well, I've probably got a few, but I always say my biggest regret of being um, a twin parent is not getting some help. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to have twins to work with the sleep consultant. Like if you are not getting enough sleep, you and your family, <laughs> then, you know, it's, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And there's plenty of people out there now, and particularly with COVID in one respect, that's been really good for people like yourself because you can help clients online now and, you know, you don't have to go to people's houses. That's right. And and a lot of times um, people are happy to do the, the online, um, you know, having some like a stranger come into your house and, uh, you know, like some people are a little bit apprehensive so that they can have the confidence of getting all the advice and guidance along the way. Um, without having someone come into your home and the support's still there, you know, all the way through the program. Yeah, absolutely. No. And what do you find, um, I mean, when people come to you, like they're, they're almost at the end of their tether, aren't they? Or do people, yeah, because I wish what I wish I had known as well is more about, as you were saying before, the science of sleep. Yes, and I, if I had have understood that when I had them, I would have been like, oh, okay, I'm understanding why this is happening. It's logical. It makes sense, you know. So, but, yeah, pretty much they're, they're at the end of their tether. They've, they're sick of not sleeping and they've got to a point and they say, right, it's time to do something about it. So, mm. yeah. What are the would most... It be, yeah, would it be easier, though, if people spoke and found out the information a bit earlier or is it like is it ever too late uh no it's never too late um some people are a bit more prepared and they bought they purchase plans to prepare uh either for single babies or for twins just so that they're um they they do have that knowledge base but then the majority of people are actually they're in the situation they're not liking where they are you know it's starting to affect their relationships with their partners they're cranky with their kids they're at the end of their tether and they need really need to do something about it otherwise something's gonna break or give I guess it's because like everything it's it's easier to be prepared say if you're going into it already having gone through pregnancy but if it's your first it's fair to say you know, everyone in the world can tell you about sleep deprivation and sleep problems, but until you experience it yourself, um, you don't really know how much you need that help and assistance until you're in that situation and you are feeling so chronically, desperately sleep-deprived. That's right. That's exactly right. Are, are there some sleep issues that are more common? Like is there a top, you know, two or three that are the most common sleep issues when you are dealing with clients? Pretty much that the the kids don't know, they haven't learned how to self-settle and resettle after their sleep cycle. So sleep association, so you're looking at, um, you know, they're being rocked or fed to sleep or driven to sleep or um, 
if they've got a dummy, the dummy's falling out and, you know, they're having to go in and replug that or, um, yeah, so they basically just haven't learnt the skills to self-settle and resettle. What about situations with kids with colic? Because my boys were both chronic colic. My um, One of my twins didn't grow out of his colic until he was 19 months old, which was quite unusual, but it was medically diagnosed. Mm. Um, you know, we, we did... We tried everything in the book. Well, I say everything, probably from a sleep consultant's point of view, we probably did everything wrong. But, you know, you try everything in the book, walking away, doing all those settle, getting them to try and self-settle. But there was a fundamental physiological problem going on with the child. Is there anything that a sleep consultant can do to assist in that situation? Because it just felt like it was a really grey area. It is. Colicky babies are hard because they're, they're spilly babies, they're in pain, mm-hmm. they like to be... Um, upright instead of laying down and and things like that so with colicky babies um you generally have to do as best you can uh Mm -hmm. in that time period um and then work on self-settling later when when the true colics turn off as they say that's Um, good to know generally um colicky babies do tend to need more formal kind of sleep training Mm. because they weren't able to develop those skills early because they've been a spilly baby and they're they're in pain and and Mm. things like that yeah that's interesting so that help really is needed then to get them into that that cycle once that colic starts to settle down yes that's right yeah Mm. so so true colic turns off i think at 12 weeks i think but um yeah so or maybe it's 16 Sorry, I have to check that. <laughs> well, we, yeah, when we, we were but, back and forth, we ended up in emergency departments a couple of times and they, they, they had twisted bowel problems, which they put down to, you know, prematurity and, and only happens in some babies. But they used to, we always just used to say colic doesn't last this long. And we had quite a few paediatric physicians say, well, in certain cases it can. Very, very rare, but in certain cases it can. And we just got lumped with it. Okay. So, and and that resolved completely? Oh, not until they were like, no, 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 uh, 19 months. My child had digestive issues until he was 19 months. Yeah, it wasn't until he was 18 months old that, yeah, he was actually, and we were back and forth. We had investigations. We had all sorts of things going on and they couldn't put it down to anything else, which was quite remarkable but it could have been like that's what yeah. I was I wonder whether there was also some negative behaviors that they got into the pattern of perhaps that was masking could have been all sorts of things going on who yes. knows the babies <laughs> that, that's right that's exactly right but um yeah so usually uh, at 12 weeks it usually flips off weeks. like a switch so, yeah. yeah but um but yeah it's very interesting talk us through um like you it must make you feel so good when parents come back to you and say oh my gosh little billy bob or you know my twins or my triplets um they've been sleeping so well um thank you so much i mean as a sleep deprived ex sleep deprived parent yourself um like that must just make you feel warm inside <laughs> It does. I do get the warm and fuzzies, and and I think initially because they're at that point and they're they're sleep deprived and they're stressed and everything, they're kind of probably thinking it's not going to work. Uh, am I going to see a result? What have you? And then by the end of end of the period, and we've impl- implemented new routines and strategies, and 
we've worked out everything so it's all aligned and they just they they can't thank me enough and then yeah so I do get all warm and fuzzy and goosey inside and think oh wow I've really made a difference to my family and this family yeah but you've taken a situation because as Naomi said earlier the sleep deprivation can be the biggest thing that means it can be the biggest difference between you enjoying your babies when they're little and and not and to be able to be able to turn that around and put people in a position where they've got more energy, more rest, and they're enjoying having their babies must just be absolutely wonderful. Oh, and honestly, the, the mums, they say, I feel like a brand new woman. I'm just, yeah, I, I can't believe it. And um, working with one family, she'd had both uh, uh, postnatal depression as well, and she was struggling with that aspect of it and then she said you know I went to my team for an appointment and they said you are just a whole new woman what's happened to you mm. and she said I've, I've had a sleep consultant and everything's going well and I'm enjoying life now so oh Chrissy I genuinely really wish I'd known about you <laughs> when my boys were little I reckon you would have changed the face of my world <laughs> I wish I had studied it earlier (laughs) but think of all the families you're now helping which is amazing absolutely I yeah I absolutely love it and you know when I see the results and I you know it's all coming on the graph and it's all coming together I I love it I absolutely love it (laughs) now the thing with sleep though is that it does change over time so yeah the problems that, um, you know, a six-month-old twins or singletons, but we're talking about twins here, but the problems that you might be, a family might be experiencing that you might be able to fix, but then come 18 months, they could be facing another whole different set of of challenges. Is that correct? Like the with the science behind it, um, things change throughout the, um, the life cycle of, of the child. Yeah, that's right. So um, there's regressions basically um, four to six months, nine months, 18 months, um, 12 months and two years. So, and that's all due to, you know, development, they're learning, you know, to walk, to talk, to crawl, to all these, all various different stages, but they're the, they're the documented regressions through childhood. But basically from four months onward, their sleep structure is developed and that's where those clear day and night sleep cycles come into play and that's how that will stay until around five years of age when their sleep will mirror that of adults so the key is when they're when they're neurologically able to to start working on that self-settling escalator and working on settling and resettling Chris, is it a case of the earlier the better? Like if people are listening to this and they're either pregnant or they've just had a newborn, is it a case of the earlier that you learn those tools and those skills and about the science, the better off? I would say yes. Awesome. Yep. Chrissy, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they go about it? They can visit my website. So it's www.snugbugsleeps.com.au. So you can have a look on my website. There's all my packages on there. I do free 15-minute consultations, so if if parents have got uh, any questions about it, they can book in an appointment and then I can see whether it's a quick fix or whether it's a a formal plan and sleep structure that needs to be looked at. But, um, 
yeah, so all my details are on my website and I have Facebook and Instagram and uh, all my details are on there. And can I just say, um, I would have thought, like, you know, you cannot put a price on a good night's sleep when you're, but it's not as anywhere near as expensive as I I, I guess I assumed it was going to be. Um, So, you know, you're certainly not going to need to um, sell a kidney at all. Or your your investment property, your carriage. Yeah, or your investment (laughs) property. (laughs) To work with a sleep consultant and as as um because you just said she does do the 15 minute co- um free chat just to make sure that you're a good fit and um you know to answer a couple of quick questions so yeah do yourself a favor people get in touch snug bug sleep it's um gonna change the way you look at life <laughs> and is it something that's accessible to people across the nation like Chris is this available through zoom and online like people don't have to or what's a, how does it work yeah, so it is available. I, I do do in-home consults, um, but generally my two my two week back on track package is a virtual package. So uh, that's done by um, telephone or Zoom, and basically there's a log component um, which I look at over the, the time as well. And there's a support package there within that. Amazing. Chrissy, thank you so much for joining us. It's been fascinating. And as I've said it a million times, gee, I wish I'd come to see you. I know. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for joining to it. And here's to a good night's sleep for everybody. Absolutely. You enjoy the rest of your holiday. I will. Thank you. It's Talking Twins and More with Nix and Naomi. Thanks to twinfo.com.au and doublebub.com.au.